is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We're here to help you win the ultimate bragging rights, a fantasy title. Let's go! Now, here's Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. And here we go on Sunday night, giving you the recap of all the Sunday action. Welcome to the show, Adam Azer, Jamie Eisenberg, and Heath Cummings, who finally got to watch some football. Hello, Heath. Man, was it awesome. Football is the best. And JB, hello. Hey. <laughs> How's it going? I'm hungry. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, JB's eating dinner. It's uh, 8.30 p.m. The Cowboys-Broncos game is almost over. Uh, the other game, the Bonanza, is about to st- No, no, wait. I'm sorry. I already crushed it, the Bonanza. The start of the week game is about to start, uh, or probably just underway. And uh, we won't really talk about that game too much. We'll talk about everything else. Chris Carson is a big headline today. Tight end injuries are another headline today. Um, our first segment, guys, Chris Carson is amazing. He is 66% owned. Is that an exaggeration? Not that the ownership, but that he's amazing? Probably an exaggeration. But uh, what do you think about Chris Carson? Heath, go. I don't think it's an exaggeration. We saw Eddie Lacy inactive today. We saw Thomas Rawls might as well have been inactive today. I don't think it was, it's an exaggeration at all. He's the only running back that's been good in Seattle. He should be the man there, and he may be a top 25 running back. Oh, Akeem Tlaib just picked sixth. Dak Prescott, and I have to check to see if that just won me a league, cause how cool, how cool would that be? Right? Everybody? Yeah? Nobody cares. Nobody cares about your fantasy team. No, oh, well, it, that, that will help me pull off, uh, a huge upset against Mr. Heath Cummings. Oh, fun. Broncos DST. Broncos DST with a pick six with seconds you got, you left. You got to see the lineups going in, how stacked Heath's team is, and yeah. how how lucky my team performed today. That, that always feels great. All right, so – oh, I'm up by two points now. So Chris Carson – Jamie, I know you usually focus on players who are owned in 65% of leagues or less. He's 66% owned, but, yeah, why don't you weigh in on Carson? This guy, is he running away with the uh, starting job here? His Rawls only got five carries. Lacey was a healthy scratch. Carson – 20 carries, 93 yards. I, I'm, or what do you think? I hope he's running away with the job. I mean, we've been talking about him for weeks when Rawls got hurt, when Lacey looked like he was terrible. And this, I don't want to say put the exclamation point on it, but it certainly put a very strong period. Um, Rawls could just be, you know, working his way back from a high ankle sprain. They may not have wanted to give him a heavy workload, but very clear that when the game was on the line, this was the guy that carried them. He really was their best offensive player today. And so... It should be 100% across the board. Adam, we talked about this going into week one. Uh, you and I have talked a lot recently without, right? you know, due right. to circumstances without Heath and without Dave joining us. So, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I think going into week one, we talked about running backs we were going to pick up and stash. And prior to week one, when we were doing our radio show, I was going through every one of my leagues and just picking up Chris Carson, picking up Chris Carson. I have a lot of stock of Chris Carson. So I'm hoping that this is the case. If he's still available in your leagues, it's probably mostly 10-team leagues, some shallow 12-team ones. He's absolutely the number one running back to get. Rob Kelly got hurt, so that opens the door for Samaj P. Ryan potentially. Chris Thompson looked good. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens you know, as we go through the course of the next two games. But uh, Chris Carson is going to be very, very popular. Yeah. Are there any running backs that you'd consider dropping, Heath, right now for, for Chris Carson? And we're going to talk much more about it on Tuesday. But, um, you know, Tariq Cohen with Jordan Howard hurt. You know, now Cohen might have a path for more playing time. Would you rather have Carson? I think I'd rather have Cohen still in PPR. I was really 
not not surprised, I guess, but just encouraged by the fact that they just peppered him with targets for a second week in a row. Kendall Wright didn't have a bad day as their best wide receiver, but he dropped like half the passes they threw to him. Mm-hmm. Tariq Cohen's their best wide receiver. Yeah, I'm going to give you a running back you could drop right now for him that was drafted fifth, sixth round. Uh, Bilal Powell. Matt Forte yeah. has not gone away. So uh, we're going to wait and wait and wait out an injury. You might as well make the switch now for a guy that could be the starter. Sure, sure. All right, so more Chris Carson talk on Tuesday's Waiver Wire show and a lot of content on Chris Carson. I think Dave's writing something up about him right now. You can read that on cbssports.com uh, slash fantasy. And uh, let's get to the tight ends because Greg Olson broke his foot. Greg Olson is an Iron Man. He has missed two games in his career. They were both in his 2007 rookie season. So it's nine straight years playing 16 games for Greg Olson. He's going to be out a while. Rob Gronkowski, you guys maybe can update me on the injuries uh, if I'm behind. He has a groin injury. Jimmy Graham got hurt, but he returned to the game. Jordan Reed left, and he has, I think, a sprained AC joint in his shoulder. Is that right? Um, he returned. He returned, too. So is it just— He returned. It was, it was a chest injury. It was a really weird deal, but he, he came back and was on the sideline and even played a couple plays. So I'm I'm probably the least concerned, well, about Graham because he came back and actually played more, but— so it's really Gronk that we don't know, and Olsen's going to be he out He says it's not serious. All right. But they were winning that game. They didn't need him to come back in. He, he stayed on the sideline, which is always a good thing. Okay, that is good. So, But but Olsen out for a while. Is there a tight end on waivers that uh, that you think you could could do very well with going forward? There's a there's a few. Um, you know, no one's going to give you Greg Olsen production, but you got to be encouraged by – Jack Doyle in his first start with Jacoby Brissett, very heavily involved. They get the Browns next week. That's been a great situation for tight ends, as we saw with Jesse James in week one and Ben Watson today. So Watson's another guy that we know with Joe Flacco and his track record of tight ends. He's somebody that could be involved. Uh, David Njoku scored a touchdown. No Corey Coleman for who knows how long with a broken bone in his hand. So they're going to need guys to step up and you know be involved in the passing game. And then a very sneaky ad, if you're looking uh, at somebody who hasn't played a game yet, is Austin Safarian Jenkins, who's coming back from suspension, and the Jets clearly need playmakers in the passing game. So Safarian Jenkins had a great preseason. Hopefully that carries over to uh, week three. Yeah. Now shallower leagues, Hunter Henry got into the action. Uh, he's somewhere around seventy-five percent owned. He, he was heavily involved today. He was. It was a completely different story, I think. Yeah, but who caught the touchdown? Yeah, and then they put a had a dog pile on top of him, and Philip Rivers was trying to get everybody off. He's like, "Man, he's old; he can't breathe in there." <laughs> everybody get off him. There's like 30 people laying on top of Antonio Gates. Yeah, he set the record for most touchdowns by a tight end in NFL history. He broke Tony Gonzalez's record. That's Antonio Gates. But Henry was dropped in some leagues. Jason Witten is 68 percent owned. Witten ended up having a huge game. I don't even know if it's over, but he had 10 catches for 97 yards and a touchdown at last check, and he dropped another touchdown. He almost had two touchdowns. Um, and uh, they've got the Cardinals with their next game, so that's not a good thing. Um, uh, okay, so another topic for the waiver wire. On Tuesday, on Sunday night shows, I, I kind of want to react to the more owned players. You know, what's going on with DeMarco Murray? What's going on with uh, Russell Wilson and that passing offense? And the same thing with the Redskins. And also Rob Kelly, as Jamie mentioned, left with the rib injury in the second quarter. He had 12 of Washington's 18 carries, and he was doing great. Samaj P. Ryan carried the load the rest of the way. Chris Thompson had a long touchdown run. Jordan Howard, this could be serious. He was wearing a sling after the game. He entered the game with a shoulder injury. He was terrible. He didn't play much. 
Sam Bradford didn't play with a knee injury, and that obviously had a big effect on the Vikings wide receivers. And then, you know, Garrett Bowles, left tackle for Denver. He got hurt. He was carted off the field, so that stinks. And then even more big offensive line news, Marshall Yonda, Baltimore's left guard, he's out for the season with a fractured ankle. Uh, but give me a major storyline, Heath. Why don't we go into our winners and losers here? And, and Heath, uh, give me a winner from today's games, from week two. I'm going to go with Todd Gurley, and it's he's not somebody that we really had a question about his role. But, man, he looked good again, hurdling defenders, actually making cuts to the line of scrimmage instead of just running into the back of his offensive lineman. He gained a little bit of confidence, and it's the confidence he had in his rookie season. And this wasn't a bad matchup, but I don't think it was, like, one of the best matchups in the league either. And Gurley was just extremely impressive and, most importantly, heavily involved in the passing game and very good in open spaces. Yeah, and Gurley, you know, I think got 11 catches, I think, this year now and did fumble twice, Heath. Is that a big concern for you? That is a 0% concern for me. Uh, he I mean, is, they're not benching Todd Gurley for fumble. He has eight catches this year, not 11. I oversold it a little bit, but big game for him. 16 for 88 and a touchdown. Three catches, 48 and a touchdown. Uh, I forgot. We're not doing winners and losers today. Last week we did Rockies and Dragos for winners and losers. We're doing uh, John McClain's and Hans Gruber's today. So You sure you want to do that? You don't want to save it for Christmas when it actually gets Absolutely counts? not. No way, because it's not a Christmas movie. So two Hans Gruber's and two, uh, two John McClain's and two Hans Gruber's from our guys tonight. So Todd Gurley's one, John McClain for you, Heath. Who's the second? That would be the, the winner in Die Hard, by the way. Give me a second, I, McClain. Yeah, I'll go with another. All of mine are running backs. All my John McClains, all my Hans Grubers are running backs. <laughs> okay. And I will go with Javorius Allen. 14 carries, 66 yards, caught five passes, including a touchdown. He was more effective in the running game than Terrence West, and he was more active in the passing game than Terrence West. He, listen, I it's the Browns, and I do think the Browns' defense is better than it's been in the past, so we don't just put a complete asterisk next to it. But Allen's going to be useful. Well, what's going on? Why did he get so much more work than Terrence West? Is he better than Terrence West now? He was better in this game than Terrence West. Very frustrating. West at least got you a touchdown, but very frustrating. And they, I think losing Marshall Yonda, a very good guard, is going to hurt the running game for them for sure. But, uh, yeah, Allen is – West was started in 74% of leagues. You probably didn't get exactly what you wanted from him. But Buck Allen had uh, 18% start percentage and 66 yards rushing, 35 yards and a touchdown receiving. And he's 73% owned. That's another guy who's going to be popular on the waiver wire. I, do you think he's going to be better than Terrence West going forward, Heath? I think he'll be better than Terrence West in PPR because the thing that I was kind of excited about and I thought people were overlooking, and it goes for one of my losers too. We'll get that get to that in a minute. Terrence West was pretty effective in the passing game last year when he got a shot. And so I just kind of thought when Danny Woodhead went out, well, he'll see more targets. Maybe he and Allen will split it. He only got two in this game. Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't I think Allen may be better in PPR. I'd still lean towards West and Standard, but another week like this and I won't. All right, Jamie, let's get some John McClain's from you, some winners. You're starting out with a running back who had the first 100-yard game against the Cowboys since January of 2016. All last year it didn't happen, but here in Week 2, C.J. Anderson goes wild with 118 rushing yards, 36 receiving yards, a couple of touchdowns, and he's a winner for you. He's a McClain. I'll go back to what I said. Well, first off, ho, ho, ho for him because uh, <laughs> uh, a star of the Christmas uh, movie. Um, I, I think – 
as long as he's healthy, you've heard me say it a lot. If he's healthy, he's a top five fantasy running back this year. And he looked good in week one. He looked great today. And catching a touchdown, a hundred yard rushing game. I think, you know, your, your stat was your, your fancy stat that you gave out on Saturday yeah. night's radio show. No, I gave it out was, the whole freaking week. And then again on what, Saturday's radio show. Look, it, it, uh, it, it was relevant going into the game, but. For people to judge the Dallas defense after what they did against the Giants was certainly not going to be apropos to what is their defense moving forward. And you saw C.J. Anderson take advantage of that. And this defense, this offense, it's going to stink if Garrett Bowles is out for the season, you know. But you see what the interior of this line could be with a healthy Ron Leary, and they pushed around the Dallas defense. They have uh, a game next week. Got to go across the country to play Buffalo. I think they could push around Buffalo's defensive line. So C.J. Anderson, just stay healthy. He'll be a superstar. Yeah, and the thing Dallas's is, Dallas's defense looked awful. They did. It wasn't it, so much that Dallas they are, they are awful. It, we, but it wasn't so much that Dallas's defense was good. That's not why they held running backs to under seventy yards. No, it was time of possession. It Th- was yes. a game flow. It was and, all that. Right, and they and they stunk. And the Broncos looked like a team that was not happy to be a home underdog. They really sh- uh, showed up today. Your other winner, Jamie, was Carlos Hyde. Started in only sixty-one percent of leagues. One hundred and twenty-four rushing yards. Three catches for nineteen yards. On top of that. Did not see this coming at Seattle. No, and it, you know, last year was garbage time production for him. This year, 61 yard carry. Uh, he, he looks great and hopefully it continues. Another situation, just stay healthy and he's going to reward a lot of people that, you know, stuck with him through the ebbs and flows of what this preseason was of, uh, go back to, you know, the, from the draft forward of them adding all these running backs and, you know, what John Lynch said. Um, he, he's gotten off to, you know, good, similar to Anderson. Good game week one, you know, catching the ball in the backfield. Great game week two. And after what the Redskins just did to the Rams defense, I think we'll see the same, you know, uh, thing on Thursday night for Carlos Hyde. The Redskins ran for over 200 yards against the Reds, the Rams oh, with Aaron Donald on the you field. You think that we're going to see a repeat of that? I, this was a bad performance by the Rams. I don't know that's going to happen again. Well, though. I don't think we're going to get 200 yards rushing from the 49ers, but if he's able to do this against the Seahawks in Seattle on a short week now, he gets to face the Rams defense that just got obliterated by the Redskins, yeah. then you got to feel very happy about Carlos Hyde. Oh, yeah. So who would you rather own rest of season, Hyde or Anderson? I still think there's a higher ceiling with C.J. Anderson, but Carlos Hyde is right there with him. They were, they were back-to-back for me. I think they were like 16, 17, 17, 18, however had it ranked. Um, they're, they're still, with both those guys, the risk of injury, clearly. Um, I, I guess you would have to say with C.J. Anderson, there's more of a risk of him losing work because Jamal Charles is there and Devontae Booker's coming back. But uh, I, I just look at what the offense is right now. You know, you, you've talked about this a lot, Adam, that Trevor Simeon looks confident. So good. If they get a competent passing game, that will only help the running game go. I didn't have any McLeans or Grubers, but if I did, Trevor Simeon would absolutely, absolutely be one. Uh, he hit through four touchdowns today. I, the only thing I'd like to you see- You were talking about Sanders all week. Kudos to you. Simeon or Sanders? Well, you were talking about both, but you were all obviously yeah. talking about Sanders as well. Uh, Simeon, 30 fantasy points. He's not throwing the ball downfield, and I don't know how long it can last. He's just sort of eight yards, ten yards, maybe fifteen yards, not, nothing deep. But he's very, very much in control, and he's got a good thing going with Emmanuel Sanders here, who Troy Aikman today on the broadcast said uh, is, in his opinion, the best route runner in the NFL, or or at least one of them, uh, and it's working. So things things are going well for the Broncos' offense so far. But let me come back to Anderson and Hyde. Well, you should. I just want to ask you real quick: Can you share with everybody what you said when I told you that Simeon threw an interception? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I cannot, Jamie, because I don't want to. I don't want to lose my job. So. Uh, <laughs> Do either of you think Hyde or C.J. Anderson or Todd Gurley 
is a sell high candidate right now. I'd be pretty happy to sell Carlos Hyde and not because I have any questions about his talents. I, I've talked about how much I believe in his talent for the last couple of years, but I, I just don't feel good about the situation and he's got an injury history and this type of performance against the Seahawks defense. I feel like maybe not in our leagues, but in a lot of leagues, people are going to see that and think, man, he was that good against the Seahawks. He might be a top five back. And so I would definitely go see what I could get. For would you, him. would you give him up right now for DeMarco Murray? No. Oh, DeMarco Murray did not look good. What the heck no, is going he on? He may be losing his job, or at least it's more of a timeshare than we've seen. I for can't, sure. I'm stunned. Stunned by that. It's week two, and we're already talking about this. I not, did not anticipate this. Alright, so would you sell Carlos Hyde for, okay, Carlos Hyde for AJ Green? Yes. Quickly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I think that's fair. Like, I I think if you're giving up Carlos Hyde, it's got to be for one of the potential top ten, if not higher, receivers, and it's got to be for a running back that's just gotten off to a bad start that you still have faith in that you think can be a superstar. Because look, I agree with Heath. He's got an injury track record. He's got still somewhat of a questionable situation because Hoyer has yet to throw a touchdown, so they're gonna face a lot of eight man fronts, and he's gonna have to beat that, and that's gonna be hard to do consistently. But he's still getting a ton of work. He's still proven to be a very good running back now over multiple systems. And Kyle Shanahan's track record speaks for itself, plus he's catching the ball. Yeah. So I think in both cases with these two guys, they're in good situations. It's just a matter of will they stay healthy enough to live up to what their start has been. So you better be selling high and and getting high, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> okay, Jamie. Like, like, can you elaborate? Uh, yeah, jeez. <laughs> so kind of a message here on Fantasy Football Maybe, today. Maybe uh, Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay. Good stuff on Carlos Hyde. Do you guys know where I'm going on Monday night? Tonight? T- tomorrow night? Depending on what people are listening? Do you know where I'm going? The game? You know I'm going to the game. Giants-Lions. Very excited. And I've got a buddy, Tim, who listens to the show and is taking me and my wife to the game because he's a very nice listener. But if I didn't have a Tim, and if you don't have a Tim in your life, go ahead and download the SeatGeek app right now and look for tickets to go to your games, your concerts, your theater, your comedy shows, whatever it is. Every purchase on SeatGeek is fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. And why don't you go ahead and save yourself 20 bucks with our offer code FFT. Type in FFT on the SeatGeek app or on SeatGeek.com. You are going to get yourself $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. And even after you use that code, you're going to see that SeatGeek is the best way to save time and money when you look for tickets because it searches multiple ticket sites for you, compares prices, finds amazing deals, and grades every ticket based on the value to help you see the best deals. So SeatGeek is really a must-have app. It is my go-to app for tickets. Again, download SeatGeek and use our offer code FFT. Get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Let's look at some losers. Let's look at some Hans Grubers. Jamie, give me a couple of Hans Grubers from uh, from week two. Uh, Cam, you know, not only a, a tough performance for him, he got banged up, losing Greg Olson. Uh, he's not looked good now for two games in a row. And so I don't know if uh, if if he's going to live up to the expectations. Now, the one thing I think that's a little bit of a saving grace is he gets to face the Saints next week. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he's able to turn it around there. But for, for two games in a row now, I, I made a trade for Cam. Um, I think it was Thursday. Um, my, my, I have luck, and um, my my backup was Jared Goff, so I wanted to upgrade there. And uh, it, it, it's, it's just frustrating that he couldn't take advantage of that Bills defense. Yeah, Heath, you're a, you're a Cam guy. We have him on our Heathdom Rejects League team, which is terrible. 
for the second year in a row. Uh, <laughs> are you worried here about Cam Newton? I am very, very worried, and it's a lot of it has to do with the fact that he just lost Greg Olson, yeah. his best receiver. And Christian McCaffrey has not looked near as dynamic in the regular season as he did in the preseason and as he did in the training camp when they weren't wearing all their pads. So, yeah, I'm worried about the Carolina offense. I'm worried about Cam. I don't know if I'm worried enough to where, like, I'm certainly starting him in week three against the Saints, and then we'll go from there. Okay. And then after that game against the Saints – uh, for Newton, it will be at New England, at Detroit, and we'll see. He's got to show up because he's 100% owned right now. But if he doesn't do well against the Saints, we're going to have a pretty different conversation about his ownership percentage. So, Jamie, one of your losers, one of your Grubers is Cam. Who's the other? Uh, another uh, Gruber, another Grinch uh, on Christmas no. will be. <laughs> what do you mean, no? No, it's not. A, stop. It's fine. I'm not going to. You can be wrong all you want. DeMarco Murray is your is your Gruber. Hold on, let me just reach for my uh, 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 Die Hard Christmas book. Yeah, um, it's a novelty item. <laughs> uh, DeMarco Murray. I mean, it's hard not to call him a loser after what happened today. The the Titans destroyed the Jaguars, and it was Derrick Henry. Um, DeMarco nine carries. It was it was awful, and you have to wonder that is is Derrick Henry going to be better than Murray moving forward? You know, I I I was thinking about this. I didn't get a chance to ask him about it, but. In our auction league, um, Heath, you'll recall this, Dave was able to buy both DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry. He's the one person yep. that I know that has both those guys. No, we have How him. do you approach – huh? Heath and I have him in the Rejects League. Okay, so I'll ask you guys. How do you approach week three starting which guy? Our team's bad enough we can probably just start both and hope one of us good. <laughs> but it's going to – it, I will. I will still like. If you're asking me who I'm going to rank higher in week three, it's still going to be Demarco. I, I would agree too, but it's like Demarco is not going to be somewhere in the twenties, and and Henry's going to be somewhere mm-hmm. in the twenties also. Here's the one problem with doing a Sunday night show: uh, there is less time to read articles, get quotes, and maybe figure out why something happened. I wonder if he was dinged up or something like that. I I, I wonder if there's an explanation for it. It just seems like they got away from him a little too quickly. Was, I think they I mean, used no, Henry no. this way at times last year, where they would use him in the fourth quarter when a defense was worn down. And this Jacksonville defense was pretty good in the first half. Yeah, and then game. Bortles, yeah, Bortles, Bortles. Yeah, yeah. And they were on the field for a long time in the third quarter, and then they went to Henry, and Henry just ran all over him, and they just stuck with him. Yeah. So next week they got to play Seattle at home. Is anybody going to feel comfortable starting Demarco Murray? I know what Carlos Hyde just did. Uh, no. Yeah, I'm not super comfortable. He'd be like a flex. Like I'd probably, yeah, I'd probably rather. I don't who forget who the Buccaneers have, um, but I'd rather the Bucks don't. The Bucks don't have the easiest of, of games. They get Minnesota. Mm, yeah, and no, I think I go with Murray over Quiz. No, but you have. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to look. So you have uh, uh, Frank Gore getting the Browns at home. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna need a week to think about that. But, it's but that, that's that's kind of where <laughs> where he's he's trending. Yeah, I I think if. Okay, I, tell me what you think about this. Let's say you lost David Johnson, you're feeling kind of hopeless, like me in three leagues. Uh, start of the week, Jamie, st- oh, get in, oh, three yards short. So, maybe you make a, a real good buy low offer, a low offer on DeMarco Murray, and just hope this is a one week aberration. You, you absolutely can. I mean, uh, you know, Dave made a trade in a league where he got, he gave up Ezekiel Elliott, this was before the game today, he gave up Ezekiel Elliott, uh, 
to get, I don't know if there's somebody else involved with it, but he gave up Elliott to get David Johnson, DeMarco Murray, and Brandon Cooks. So two starters, essentially. You know, you would think that Murray can be somewhat close to Elliott, and Cooks could be a star. And the hope that David Johnson's good. He's hating that trade right now. Oh, he's hating. Mm, yeah, I guess so, because of Murray. But it made sense at the time, for sure. What the heck's going Pause real quick. What's going on with Brandon Cooks here? It's funny. You look at the box score. Every relevant Patriots player did something. They all bonanza They all bonanza except for Cooks. The the one guy that had the revenge game factor. <laughs> Anybody worried? Well, that, that makes sense, though, because Belichick does exactly what <laughs> you think the other team thinks you're going to do. The opposite. And so it's Brandon Cooks revenge game and Brandon Cooks. And so Belichick says, no, 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 it's not. We don't care <laughs> about Brandon Cooks revenge game. Are you concerned about Brandon Cooks or is he a good buy low? He's a good buy low. Yeah, they get the Texans next week at home. I mean, he's uh, got to be better than this. It's huh? just, it, he's got to be better than this. It's just, it's weird that it's been two bad games. And one bad game was because of pass interference calls. You know, like, he's, he's gonna rebound. Right? Cook it up. Yes. Cooks it up. Yep. Okay, more losers, more Grubers. Let's go to Heath's. Heath, uh, you got a couple running backs. Who you got? Ty Montgomery just scored a touchdown, Woo. and so start of the week, woohoo, and Ty Montgomery, woohoo, <laughs> and Isaiah Crowell. And I'll go back to the same thing I was talking about with Terrence West. And it was something that was overlooked a little bit with Isaiah Crowell in the second half of 2016 as he was very involved in the passing game. It became clear this week they are committed to throwing the ball to Duke Johnson. And after Corey Coleman's alleged injury, Duke Johnson might be their best receiver. But they're not going to be in enough positive game scripts to run the ball as often as Hugh Jackson wants to. So they're going to have to throw the ball to their running backs. And it looks like right now when they throw the ball to their running backs, it's going to go to Duke Johnson, not to Isaiah Crowell. And he cannot deliver on where we were drafting him just on carries. So Crowell started in only 61% of leagues this week against the Ravens, which made sense. Now, look, he's had two tough matchups. He's had the Steelers and the Ravens. He gets the Colts next week, who actually so far have, have done a pretty good job defensively uh, against the run. And then the Bengals, and then, the, the you know, I won't go through the whole schedule, but it gets a little no, easier. No, but next week, next week's a big proving game. Yeah. Huge proving game. It's uh, like Cam has got to do well against the Saints. Crowell's got to do well against Colts. Otherwise, you're going to see uh, ten-team leagues. He may people get may, frust- may get frustrated and start dropping. I mean, it doesn't feel like an overreaction after two weeks to say that Crowell was drafted ahead of Carlos Hyde and drafted ahead of C.J. Anderson, and he is clearly behind them now, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, and absolutely. You you can make a case clearly that uh, depending on where Dalvin Cook and where Kareem Hunt went. Oh yeah, yeah, Hunt for sure. I mean, you got you got to love Kareem Hunt. Doing nothing all game, and then he breaks off a long touchdown run. And your other loser, Heath? My other loser is Gruber. Jordan Howard. And I think Jordan Howard played through an injury this week because of how good Tariq Cohen looked in week one. And he saw what he did to Jeremy Lankford in 2016, and he didn't want to have the same thing happen to him. The same thing might be happening to him. And at the very least, he's hurt, and he's lost his work in the receiving game because they have a better receiving running back on the roster. And kind of like what I just said with Crowell, the Bears are not going to be in enough positive game scripts this year. And their offensive line doesn't look as good as it did last year either. He can't be successful without that work in the passing game. But well, he didn't Kyle really have it. Play, so yeah, sorry. He, he, he didn't really have the work in the passing game last year. That wasn't really Jordan Howard's thing. I, right. I don't think that he can do what he did last year again, okay. first off. Okay. 
And they talked about getting him more work in the passing game coming into this year, and he doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, they've got the Steelers then at the Packers in their next two games. Howard is uh, injured right now, and we hopefully – well, we definitely will know more on Tuesday's show. So those are your winners and losers. We're going to go through, you know, every game as, as much as we can. We're going to give you a little peek at the waiver wire. And Heath right now is at home. Yeah. Chest hair flowing like the ocean. Looking good, Heath. Looking I put a shirt on. What more do you want? I'm sitting here right in me undies. It, it, but it's a V-neck, right? I mean, you got the chest hair out. So all of my undershirts are V-necks. Okay, I'm glad that you mentioned your underwear. I truly am. Because we gotta tell everybody about MeUndies. I've been wearing them the last couple days. Me too. And I don't even know that I'm wearing them. It's like- They're so great. They're amazing. It's like there's nothing on yet, but at the same time, excellent support. Heath, you're the first one who wore the MeUndies. You couldn't stop talking about it. It was a little gross, but also uh, pretty exciting. Well, here's the, here's the <laughs> thing that people don't understand, and I get tweets about this all the time. Is I talking about MeUndies, you talk about MeUndies, Jamie talks about it now. We, we all talk about how great MeUndies are. None of us have a problem with imagining Jamie and his undies or imagining you and your undies. But every time I yeah, mention it, it, you get this image of me and MeUndies stuck in your head. I just say because you were the first one. So it's permanently implanted there. So, you know, you were the trendsetter. But seriously, uh, these are really awesome. I'm not going back to boxers. Not happening uh, MeUndies.com. Go there. MeUndies, MeUndies.com slash FFT. MeUndies.com slash FFT. These are going to be the most comfortable pair of underwear that you will own. Made from sustainably sourced, naturally soft fabric. Three times softer than cotton. And I don't know. Like, I got them and I said, eh, how good could they be? <laughs> they really are very, very comfortable. And a 100% satisfaction guarantee uh, they guarantee you're going to love your undies or your money back. So here's what you're going to do. Here's the offer. You go to MeUndies.com slash FFT, get 20% off your first pair, and free shipping. MeUndies.com slash FFT. It's a limited offer. Don't wait too long. Start wearing the best underwear of your life. It's changed our lives. It's time for MeUndies to change yours. MeUndies.com slash FFT right now. Uh, Adam, there's yeah. a tweet from Jim Wyatt who covers the Titans. Mm-hmm. That Mike Malarkey said DeMarco Murray has a slight hamstring injury. There it is! Okay, so is that a little bit more of an explanation? Yes. Well, it, it certainly helps and certainly should make the DeMarco Murray owner feel slightly better that he didn't get benched. Right, right. Uh, but doesn't necessarily make you feel good because he's not 100%. So we'll see if Henry takes advantage of the situation. And Henry, this was the concern coming in. Getting older, injuries are a problem. And he dealt well with his second hamstring injury since preseason started, since training camp started. So Henry, uh, if Henry gets the start next week against the Seahawks after what Carlos Hyde just did, you gotta still feel comfortable about that. So, big storyline today was the Dolphins game. Dolphins with a great road win to stay undefeated at 1-0. 1917 at the Chargers, but I, like your heart breaks for Young Wei Koo, who has now had a field goal blocked and a missed field goal that lost the Chargers two games and the Chargers, like, are they the unluckiest team? In NFL history going back to last year. It's just awful. Um, but I did see some fun Young Way Koo puns after the missed field goal from the CBS group. From me, not Koo, man. Ha ha ha. From Jamie, uh, oh Koo. What was that one? Somebody I, th- I just did that last week too. Oh, okay. Oh, Koo. I just did it two weeks in a row. And Adam Silverstein, who's on the In This Corner podcast, wrote, bye Koo. 
like haiku, I guess. I think that's pretty good. Oh, I got somebody that tweeted us, uh, you guys should start doing lokus instead of haikus now. <laughs> yeah. Dave Richard wrote, Young Way Koo is about to be Young Way Cut, with a K. And then the winner, Ryan Bartow of 247sports.com, which is part of the CBS family's great website. Deja Koo. See, I wrote like 17 different tweets, but I had to delete all of them before I posted them. <laughs> good for you, Heath. Good restraints. Good restraint. How about more uh, news and notes? John Fox says he's sticking with Mike Glennon. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser left with a migraine, but he returned. Cam Newton got hurt, but he returned. Philip Dorsett left in the fourth quarter with a knee injury. Uh, Corey Davis missed some time with a hamstring injury. We already mentioned the Corey Coleman injury. Corey Coleman is what, a broken hand? Corey Coleman has a broken bone in his hand, yes. Okay. Um, Antonio Gates, 112 touchdowns, most ever for a tight end. Offensive line news. Buffalo left tackle Cordy Glenn, ankle injury. Uh, I think he was playing with an ankle injury. He left the game, but he, I think he had a bad game from what I saw on Twitter. That's Cordy Glenn for Buffalo. Mitch Morse, the center for Kansas City, has a foot sprain. Those could be week-to-week kind of deals. Is that a big deal, Heath? That would be a big deal, but um, we'll see how serious it is. Quan Alexander of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, linebacker. He left with a hamstring injury. Steelers linebacker T.J. Watt, groin injury. Dallas already came in with a depleted secondary. They lost at least two more defensive backs, and they got shredded. So that does put the Simeon game in perspective. And uh, Baltimore defensive tackle Brandon Williams hurt his foot. So they lose one of their best linemen, the uh, the Ravens. almost said the Orioles. They lose Brandon Williams. So a rough day for them, although they do get the win. All right, let's do the worryometer. Zero to ten. Zero, not worried at all. Ten, extremely concerned, terrified, scared, crying in the corner. Uh, get John McClain to save the day. Worryometer on the Seattle Seahawks offense. Jamie. Yeah, that offensive line is bad. So it it was one thing to say, okay, Green Bay did a great job. You know, they game plan for them all off season. Seattle's on the road. Granted, San Francisco's got a good defensive front, but two games in a row of Russell Wilson, you know, not getting time in the pocket. Jimmy Graham not playing up to what we had high expectations for, especially in a home game. Doug Baldwin has yet to look like Doug Baldwin, or maybe he does, just with the you know ups and downs yeah. of what his season He'll was. He'll get a his three ago. touchdown game soon. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um. So it's yeah, it's frustrating um, to see this uh, offensive line you know let down what could be I think a good offense, but on the flip side, Chris Carson doesn't seem to need a great offensive line to put up good numbers. Yeah, uh, Heath, did Jamie give a number? No, he doesn't ever play your game, but I will. I'll go five, and it's five because I'm very worried about a few things, but I also saw some encouraging things in this game. First off, Tyler Lockett got nine targets, six catches for 64 yards. If you give him nine targets every week, he's going to be a viable fantasy option. Chris Carson, very encouraged by him. And then something happened after San Francisco took the lead, 9-6. Russell Wilson apparently decided, you know what, there's no reason to play it safe. We need to win the game. And he started running a little bit. He ended up with 12 carries in the game, only 34 yards. But some of those were scrambles. Some of those were designed runs. If he could get back to where he's giving us 40, 50 rushing yards a game, then he doesn't have to be quite as good passing to still be a number one quarterback. Russell Wilson with 16 fantasy points after scoring eight fantasy points last week. Is he still a top seven quarterback or would you put Roethlisberger would you put Carr ahead of Russell Wilson uh, I would still put him in the top seven there were some things I saw from Roethlisberger this week that I wasn't particularly excited about he he missed some throws hmm. they might be a little yeah but the nice thing is is that he's missing plays he missed some in, in the first week and it's 
20 points last week, 21 points this week. And that's a good defense. Mike Zimmer's got a great track record against him. This was a home, you know, yeah. home game where we usually see a lot more production from him. So, you know, 20 on the road last week. We'll see what happens, you know, with him, uh, with his, his, you know, uh, game next week. And hopefully, you know, he comes through another road game going into Chicago. That defense obviously is not playing great. So I, I think you got to be encouraged by Roethlisberger. Wilson, I, I don't know if he's in top seven. He's still in the top ten. Um, but they got to figure out some things to help him with his, his, uh, the guys in front of him. Demarius Thomas or Doug Baldwin rest of season? I'll still take Doug Baldwin. Not like yep. Thomas has been great. All right. Uh, worryometer on Le'Veon Bell, who's averaging 3.2 yards per carry. One. Okay. Yeah, I'm not really that worried about him. It's the, they get the Bears next week. I don't know if I should even put him in this because he did catch a touchdown today, but worryometer on Des Bryant, who finished today's game, as those stats are just sort of new. Seven, it's not bad. Seven catches, 59 yards, and a touchdown on 16 targets, though. Worryometer on Des Bryant. Jamie? Three? Just because he's got to face Patrick Peterson next week? <laughs> Bummer. Heath? Yeah, I'll go, I'll go with six. Ooh. Because of his cost. Not because I don't think he's going to be startable, but because I'm not, I'm feeling less convinced that he's going to be a top 10 wide receiver. But you know what though? He's already had one better game than AJ Green. He's had one game on par with, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. You know, so this was a surprise. I mean, I, I'm, I'll take this. Mm-hmm. The fact that he found the end zone, that he got you, you know, 50 plus yards receiving and that the targets are still there. I, I think that's an encouraging thing. Dak Prescott scored 18 fantasy points against the Giants, six point per passing touchdown leagues, 19 fantasy points against the Broncos. Not, neither of those are too good, but quite honestly better than I expected. Now, yeah. but that said, he threw 50 times against the Broncos, so it's not like he played well. But, uh, you know, maybe after this Arizona matchup, I think those two could really kill it. Dak Absolutely. And yeah. So that's something I almost wish that Dez did not play well. Same. Yeah, same. That so you could buy low on him. All right, how about this guy, though? Heath, I'll go to you first. Terrell Pryor, two catches, 31 yards on four targets at the Rams. Yeah, Kirk Cousins doesn't look like what I expected from him this season. Terrell Pryor, especially in this game, did not look like what I expected from him because he had four targets, and I believe – I don't believe Cousins missed him on any of those four targets. I believe Pryor dropped the other two. So I'll go with six. I'm not – I'm not looking to sell low on him. I think he's still probably a, a low-end number two wide receiver. We just had higher hopes for him than that. Okay. He had a tough matchup going in against Tremaine Johnson. The minute Tremaine Johnson left with uh, whatever injury he's dealing with, that's the first place that Cousins threw to on the left side of the field. So I, I think it's just a byproduct of last week he had a couple drops. This week, tough matchup. Next week, home game against the Raiders team. That defense has not looked good. They just gave up two touchdowns to Jermaine Curse. So... If anybody's panicking on Terrell Pryor, again, try and buy low. I'd be more concerned at this point about James Crowder because he hasn't exactly looked good and hasn't been featured as much as I would have hoped. Uh, but, again, I think that game next week at home against the Raiders should do wonders for the Redskins passing game. Worryometer on Sammy Watkins. Two catches for 30 yards on two targets. Jared Goff only threw 25 passes in this game, and the Rams barely had the ball less than 24 minutes. Worryometer on Sammy Watkins. Heath. Uh, like nine and a half, almost ten. I don't understand what Jared, I, like, I get the whole story about Cooper Cup and Jared Goff and Cup came to live with him as he was preparing for the NFL and their BFFs now. And Cooper Cup, I, I'll admit it, I watched him today and, and he was, 
He looked better than I expected. He's not Sammy Watkins. You're da- you're down late in the game. You're trying to move the ball down the field, and everybody on the Washington defense knows that he's going to throw the ball to Cooper Cup, and it's an easy interception on their first play of yeah, that final that's drive. True. Yeah. Throw the damn ball to Sammy Watkins, your best receiver. So, is he no longer a must-start, Sammy Watkins? He's a sit until further notice. Who do they play next week? They, play they are on San Francisco. Thursday night. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I could see a situation where I'm still flexing Sammy Watkins just because he's my bet. I'm hoping for some upside, but I don't understand why Jared Goff's not throwing him the ball. It's stupid. Well, I I I think it was kind of what we talked about when the trade happened, which is that Jared Goff doesn't necessarily have the moxie yet to challenge some of the better corners down the field. And I think that's just going to be the concern with him, you know, until, until we see otherwise. Um, and so that's why I kind of view, you know, Cup as somebody who's viable is that he's the short area target that he could, you know, sort of lean on. So I, I think Cup's only viable if other teams are afraid of Sammy Watkins as the number one. We saw it with Washington today in the second half. They just decided, okay, he only wants to throw it to Cup. We're just going to shut him down. It's not hard to shut Cooper Cup down if that's your focus. Yeah, but it's not like Cup's getting eight plus targets. I mean, it was six this week, six last week, you know, and, and Watkins only five. It's not like either guy's being featured enough that you would say, oh, this is a huge threat. So you would like to see Watkins get some more targets. I mean, I don't understand why you would trade for him if you're not going to feature him a little bit more. That doesn't make a lot of sense, but you see the way, the way that Goff is operating. It's dump off passes to Todd Gurley. Adam, you said eight catches over two games. Uh, Gerald Everett was wide open, so they had the big play down the field that he hit him on and uh, and, and Cup is just somebody that lives in an area where you're going to see Goff kind of feature. So, um, you know, like, like on our, on our video show today, on our, on fantasy football today, Pete Prisco was talking about how they had Sammy Watkins in the slot some last week, which I think is good because they're putting him in a spot where maybe Goff will, will lean on him a little bit. So they'll probably have to revisit some things after this loss going into, uh, that game Thursday night and you saw, a bunch of different receivers have some success, not necessarily huge games against this 49ers secondary, so hopefully Goff can find some success with Sammy Watkins. I'll get the worryometer on Marcus Mariota in a second, but listen up, fantasy football fans. you got to try the draft app. It's my new favorite app. I love it. I've been playing for over a year now. I play baseball. I play football on the draft app. It's weekly fantasy football, but not like the other guys. You get to do snake drafts, the best part of fantasy. You get to do it all the time. Listen to this team I have. Currently on Sunday night with the game in the second quarter, the uh, Falcons and Packers game, I'm in last place, but I have Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Freeman, Marshawn Lynch, who scored for me, Julio Jones, and Jordy Nelson. This was a four-team, a four-player draft that we did. It was a snake draft. took like two minutes it was a lot of fun. I'm gonna do these all the time. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do these throughout the season. I'm gonna do multiple ones every week. Once you're done drafting, no trades, no waiver wire, and draft even takes care of last minute injuries for you. So you can just get on there, draft start every couple of minutes. You can join one, you know, throughout the week and get excited to play even more fantasy football. Download the app anytime, search draft in your app store, join a game in minutes, or play on playdraft.com, whatever you want. Use our promo code. FF today for this limited time offer. Get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. All you have to do is use that promo code FF today. Play a real money game for free with that promo code FF today on the draft app or playdraft.com. I understand we have a guest joining us today. Yes. Hi, guest. Hello. Usually when I'm told to speak, I, uh, 
I'm being told by my wife or something like that. <laughs> Dave, say, why are you here, Dave? Why you just had to come on and talk uh, fantasy with us? I love I'm just, it. I'm excited. Uh, week two was crazy. Um, and I just wanted to be a part of this amazingness. Okay, good. So let's get to it. You know, we'll do Mariota later. Let's do the games. Carolina nine, Buffalo three. Dave, you can have the first word. What are your thoughts this on the game? Sucked. That's the first and last word. Carolina backfield. What are your thoughts on McCaffrey and Stewart going forward? Uh, I, I think that you're going to see a lot of games like this from Jonathan Stewart. I'm surprised he's getting as many carries as he is, but this Panthers coaching staff, I don't think wants to reveal all the new little wrinkles that they have in this offense. And they haven't had to. They've had two games where they've kind of rode their defense and, and they haven't had to put up points or, you know, lean on their passing game very much. I don't think that's going to continue. Their next three games, I believe, are against the Saints. Patriots and Lions in order. Those teams like to put up points. So I got a feeling in the next few weeks we'll see Christian McCaffrey break out. I would make every attempt to try and trade for him. For McCaffrey? Yeah. You think I want Jonathan Stewart on my team? Okay. <laughs> okay, good, good. I like that. Uh, anything else from this game? Calvin, Calvin Benjamin, 6 for 77 on 8 targets. Got targeted in the end zone, couldn't hang on. Jamie, we talked about him being a buy low last week. Is Calvin Benjamin still a buy low? Yes, uh, same thing that Dave just alluded to. The schedule gets very easy for them. Uh, the Saints are terrible. Benjamin is going to probably see more targets now with uh, with the Olsen injury. So I would imagine between him, uh, Devin Funches, Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, they all get a boost because Cam's best weapon is gone. Heath, let's go to the Eagles at the Chiefs. And Carson Wentz with 28 fantasy points, Alex Smith with 18 fantasy points. Wentz got the late touchdown, but two straight 300-yard games. Uh, are Carson Wentz or Alex Smith guys that you can rely on most weeks? I mean, very few quarterbacks are you can start them every single week. But do, are either of these two guys that you think you can rely on most fantasy weeks? I'm not buying into this Alex Smith trap still. For most of this game, he looked like old Alex Smith and not week one Alex Smith, so no. He's a two-QB quarterback that I'm excited about starting in that format. There will be occasions where I'm excited about streaming him in a one-quarterback league, but he's not somebody I'm going to keep on my roster in most situations. Carson Wentz is a little different situation. If he's going to throw the ball this much again, he looks like he's going to be a little bit more efficient in terms of fantasy points per attempt. He's going to be a borderline number one quarterback. Guys, you have no idea how many more yards Wentz could have ended up with if Torrey Smith could just hold on to a couple of footballs over the course of the game. And I think every game script is going to be like this for Philadelphia because they don't have a running game. They're not willing to commit to Wendell Smallwood. He only had three carries. LeGarrette Blunt had zero carries. Darren Sproles had 10 carries, 48 yards. They are going, it, it's Wentz or bust for the Eagles. And I think you're going to see him continue to put up some really big numbers. This is a great buy-low candidate as well. He's probably a backup quarterback on most fantasy teams. If you're nervous about having Kirk Cousins or Cam Newton or even Marcus Mariota, you shouldn't have to give up too much in trade to get Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. And I think he can finish as a top-12 quarterback this year. The one thing, though, is they get the Giants next week. That's not going to be easy for him. So yeah, and then if then you are going to trade for him you might, and you want to get him cheap and you don't need him, maybe wait a week. And let him struggle against sure. the Giants, which will probably sure. happen, and then try and get him then. Yeah, and they do have the Cardinals in three weeks, but then it's it's not bad after that. Uh, so just to finish up here, are any of the Eagles running backs worth owning in standard scoring leagues? Sproles is obviously worth owning in PPR. He's seventy six percent owned, but are any of them worth owning in standard scoring leagues, Jamie? Uh, 
I think I'd still take a speculative look at Smallwood in a deeper league, just because at some point they may decide to give him more opportunities. Because this game they were trailing, and then next week they're probably going to struggle. But moving forward, LeGarrette Blount clearly is something that they don't very like very much, and they're going to have to get somebody to run between the tackles. But isn't Smallwood one of the guys on your bench that you might look at and say, I don't need him, I'm going to go pick up a Chris Thompson Oh, sure, sure. But, but, but again, you know, there's going to be some scenarios that you picked up, you've been holding on to Matt Breida, or you've, uh, holding on to Eddie Lacey, or Adrian Peterson, or, you know, just guys that you're ready to move on from, and you don't get Chris Carson, or you don't get, uh, uh, Samaj P. right now who could get a a bigger workload, or you don't get somebody who I would speculate on more so would be Jalen Richard, who looks like the guy that if, is going to take over, as we talked about, if Marshawn Lynch gets hurt. So there are better speculative ads, but this is still a team that has a good offensive line that hasn't really necessarily had the chance to get in that type of run script that could favor them, and that's still potentially in, in front of them. I will say uh, for you uh, weirdos who ranked Marshawn Lynch number one overall in standard at running back, you probably you could have been right if they had just given him the workload. So I'll give you a hat tip on that. You could have been right. Unfortunately, oh, we, we can all agree it. that Jalen Rashard is the best running back on the Raiders, though, right? No, you know what? Marshawn Lynch was pinballing off of people, breaking tackles. Like he, he's let's gonna give run him himself a into credit. an injury, though. He, yeah, I, it's not going to last all year, but let's give him credit. He he played pretty well. He's he's doing doing a nice job. Well, yeah, he played pretty well, but Rashard had half as many carries and thirteen more yards and fifty yards in the passing game. Jalen Rashard's better than Marshawn Lynch. Well, I don't Rashard think he's better in fantasy. A, I'm just saying he's more talented. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Dave, you talked about J.J. Nelson, so let's go to Arizona 16, Indianapolis 13, as Carson Palmer sort of salvages his game with a late touchdown. He did throw for 332 yards, but he looks like crap, I think. Um, what's your take on the passing game with J.J. Nelson only 37% owned? Even Jerron Brown got 11 targets and 73 yards. He's 3% owned. Dave, what's your take on the Cardinals passing game? Do you know that J.J. Nelson has a touchdown in six of his last seven games going back to last year? No. 75 yards in three of his last four games. This guy's able to put up good numbers, even with Carson Palmer looking like a, a crumbly old man behind a bad offensive line. He he single-handedly saved Arizona from an 0-2 start, not to mention an ugly loss against a bad Colts team. And I think he can keep it going. Next two games are at home. It's Dallas and somebody else. I don't have my schedule in front of me. But I think it's favorable. Oh, San, San Francisco. Fran. San Francisco. Yep. Good matchups. Maybe Carson Palmer continues to chuck it. Bruce Arians keeps calling out Carson Palmer. They can't run the ball very well. I like J.J. Nelson. So how about the running backs? Jamie, Chris Johnson ends up being the guy. Kerwin Williams got his chance. He's 92% owned. He did nothing with it. Chris Johnson, 20% owned. Didn't do a whole bunch, but maybe gained the favor of Bruce Arians? I would think that's the case. You know, the fact that he went to him, leaned on him more so. Uh, later in the game, Andre Ellington didn't really have a role, so I, I would say that if Chris Johnson's available to you and you, you picked up Colonel Williams, you might want to make that switch. All right. Anything from the Colts side, guys? Doyle. Jack Doyle, yeah. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett comes in and that's a guy he features in a tough matchup. Okay. And, and Adam, if, if Brissett is the quarterback that bridges the Colts between now and Andrew Luck and then Luck takes over, Doyle shouldn't miss a beat. Doyle rules, you could say. He really rules, and tight end is just such a fickle position right now that I bet that Doyle would be somebody's number one waiver claim in every fantasy. Oh, sure. I mean, they're gonna you're gonna have to carry two tight ends. You're not cutting Greg Olson unless he's out for the season. You're not cutting uh, Rob Gronkowski clearly unless he's out for the season. So don't say um, such a thing. 
you know, you're going to have to carry two tight ends, and, and Jack Doyle can can end up being a trade chip for you if those other guys aren't hurt very much. All right, next game, Heath. Let's go to the Patriots 36 and the Saints 20. Patriots had the ball for about 10 more minutes than the Saints. They they really crushed them. Um, this was a weird game. Let's go to the Saints running backs. Give me your take on the Saints running backs because they are not really doing much for fantasy owners right now. Stop farting around giving the ball to Adrian Peterson and Kamara. <laughs> and just like we've said all year, all summer, give the ball to Mark Ingram. Ingram, eight carries, 52 yards. He's the, he's the best in the passing game. But do you think it I, will happen? Do you think they'll get to the point where we can trust Ingram again? I wonder if, and, and Pete Prisco speculated about this on the FFT video show today, that they should just cut Adrian Peterson tomorrow. I, I would love and that, yes. That That's the only thing that makes sense. He's useless. He is not better at running the ball than either of their running backs. He's not better at catching the ball than either of their running backs. He's not better in short yardage. There's not, He brings nothing to their team besides discontent. I just want to mention that Mark Ingram's best run was a 28-yard run in the fourth quarter, and everything else was crap that came before then. I, I just think this team isn't any good with our offensive line the way that it is right now. They need their tackles to get healthy. They need Adrian Peterson to get out of there. You're right about that. And once all that happens, I think Mark Ingram will be great. Uh, Jamie, your thoughts on Chris Hogan. Started in 63% of leagues, five catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, thoughts? You know that I liked him coming into the week because of the matchup. And so he was a little bit banged up, was hobbled throughout the game, uh, came on and off. And so as long as Amendola's hurt, they're going to need somebody else to step up in the passing game. Next week, I think it's a good situation for them because uh, Texans on the road. I think you'll see, you know, Brady come out throwing his, uh, again. It, it really was just, just so odd that everybody was good except for Brandon Cooks. Brandon, yeah. Brandon Cooks. It was weird. So you had Gillsey score, Burkett score, uh, Gronk score, um, James White was good, 8 for 85, and everybody just, and Hogan scores. It was just, Brandon Cooks was, was non-existent. Uh, Baltimore 24, Cleveland 10. Not trying to be a jerk here, but Heath, you still like Mike Wallace better than Jeremy? Cut Martin? him. Cut him. Cut Mike Wallace? Cut him. <laughs> you done? <laughs> Cut him. No loyalty. Jeremy Macklin has scored a touchdown in both games, but, you know, he hasn't done much else, and Flacco doesn't look great yet. Is Jeremy Macklin somebody you want to keep on your team or somebody you want to try to field offers for? I don't know. Oh, if, I, if I could no. trade Jeremy Macklin, like, for anything of significant value, I would do that. Yeah, but I guess the definition would be what's significant value. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I like, I'd like if somebody's, have... if somebody's desperate for receiver help and they'll give you Joe Mixon, that's an easy trade to make. Oh yeah. Okay. Really? Yes. Quickly. Okay. All right. So if you're getting Mixon, Mixon, it's a great trade. <laughs> I don't want to just assume that Mixon's going to take over the role immediately. I mean, I hope it happens, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think it doesn't have to be immediately to return that. It's just, it's just buying, buying into somebody that has some upside. So, um, the, the hope would be is that you're, I don't think this is the best of Jeremy Macklin because no. he played through an injury today, but he's their best guy. And um Right, he could be valuable rest of season. Uh, he absolutely can, but I don't think anybody is is like I started Macklin in a league where my my number one receiver is Demarius Thomas, and my number two is Calvin Benjamin. So I, I took the chance that Macklin would be better than Benjamin. That's how I felt, that's how I ranked it, so I started him. Um I don't I don't think a lot of people are starting Jeremy Macklin. And so you're trading a bench guy for what could be a starter for you. Heath, you have been the low man on Jameis Winston. He only scored 14 fantasy points in this game, and they scored 29 points overall. 
Uh, Winston has the Vikings and the Giants and the Patriots and the Cardinals in his next four games. What do you recommend to Jameis Winston owners? Uh, you're stuck now. Uh, I guess I would, I, I would probably, if I was a Jameis Winston owner, plan on streaming quarterback for the next two weeks. Pick up Simeon. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that the Patriots are such a terrible matchup, especially mm-hmm. since they're going to be able to score plenty of points against Tampa Bay. That I would be, I'd be fine starting him against them, but I. I don't feel comfortable starting him against any of his upcoming matchups. I mean, look, Trevor Simeon makes so much sense for the Winston owner. His next two games are, are at Buffalo. I don't know how good Buffalo's defense is. They haven't really been tested. And then Oakland at home. Like, doesn't that just make sense instead of the Vikings and the Patriots? Or Vikings and the Giants, rather? Yes, it I does. W- yes. Okay. Um, I, I think that, honestly, I think that covers that game. Tennessee 37, Jacksonville 16. We've already talked about uh, the Titans running backs. Dave, what are your thoughts on Marcus Mariota? Are you concerned about Mariota? You have to be concerned about him. You have to be concerned about Corey Davis. Eric Decker hasn't really shown up and done much of anything. And Delaney Walker can't be counted on for uh, big numbers. And then this week it was a rushing touchdown. Kind of a weird week for Tennessee and how they went about getting this huge number. You'd figure they'd get a couple of passing touchdowns on a Mariota, and they only got one. He's kind of in that same, I don't think he's got as bad of a schedule coming up as, as Jameis Winston has, but he's kind of in that same boat where you might want to have another quarterback to go along with him. Really? I've got Mariota as my starter in a couple of leagues, and I'm, I'm not loving him as much as I thought I would. No, his matchups are actually worse than Winston's. He's got Seattle and Houston in his next two games. It's awful. Uh, I don't know that I they're... think they're going to be able to run on Seattle next week, by the way. I don't know that they're worse just because Houston's going to be down at least one cornerback. But but then it's after that. It's Miami, Indianapolis, Cleveland. That's when you're hoping. We knew this was a tough stretch for Mariota. Like, he's had two. They had the Jaguar. Who, I'm sorry. Oh, they had, they had Oakland. No, he should have done better against Oakland, but it wasn't terrible. But we knew that Jacksonville, Seattle, Houston was a tough stretch for Mariota. It's much, much better after that. So we shouldn't sound the alarms too soon, right, Jamie? No. Yeah. All right. All right. Um. Do you think Leonard Fournette is a good sell high? Because you see in this game, like he had the late one-yard touchdown run, but they're going to be so bad, and he only had 14 carries. Is he, you know, a victim, Jamie, potentially of the Jaguars' horrible offense? And should we sell high on Fournette? Uh, yes, he is a victim of the horrible offense, but I don't know if you'd be selling high right now. Like you saw, you were selling high last week, so. You know, you're hoping that people would buy into, okay, he scored in two games and he was drafted to be, you know, a, a successful player. I, I don't know if I'm ready to punt on him just yet. I, I think there's still more good opportunities for him. Look, it's going to be tough against Baltimore, but if Williams is out in the middle of that defensive line, it's not going to be the, the, the toughest of defenses. Clearly, you're not going to feel comfortable starting him next week in that London game, but he still gets so much work that, you know, this is what he was in college. This is what he's going to be in the pros and hopefully, what we saw at the end of the game, you know, they, they let Boros throw the ball a little bit. Maybe he can, you know, build off it. Give me one big thought on the rest of the games. Jamie, I'll start with you. Pittsburgh 26, Minnesota 9. Uh, Martavis Bryant is amazing at home. How many times have we said that on the radio show last night? Yeah. <laughs> I was Martavis very happy for you when he scored that touchdown. Yeah, we, 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 we sold that one. Um, uh, look, Le'Veon's just got off to a rough start. Last week was the, the shake the rust off game. This week was a tough matchup. He's going to be much better in week three. And I think, you know, we'll have to see week to week what's going on with Sam Bradford, but obviously those receivers will be impacted. Dave, let's go to the 4 o'clock games, later games. Uh, Miami 19, Chargers 17. Give me a big takeaway from this one. I think Koo's going to be out of a job. 
in addition to that, I'm a little surprised by Philip Rivers not having a bigger game, and I am pleasantly surprised with Devontae Parker's involvement. Nine targets, he didn't have a lot with it. And Jarvis Landry, 15 targets, 13 catches, only 78 yards. He is going to be a PPR dream come true. It is clear that Jay Cutler has not um, ignored him in this offense. Dallas at Denver, Heath. Give me a takeaway from Dallas at Denver. I'm just a little bit worried about bulletproof Dallas offense, especially Ezekiel Elliott, because I don't, this is not a Denver defense that is built around stopping the run. It's an incredible pass defense, and I don't want to act like I'm downplaying Denver's defense at all. But Melvin Gordon had a little bit of success against this defense. It shouldn't have been this bad. I'm not selling low on Elliott, but I'm just a little bit concerned about, yeah, he's no way. definitely a top three guy. No way. He, as long as he's not suspended, I mean, look, he only had nine carries. He would have gotten going. First of all, they've got a better run defense this year than they had last year. They brought over Pecco. They're, they're better there. Um, and Gordon, I feel like, didn't do that well on a yards per carry basis, right? They just, he had, just uh, had well, he had three yards per carry, which is pretty much Melvin Gordon. <laughs> right. But he, you know, I, Zeke is, Definitely top three, Heath. We should trade for Zeke in the Heath Tim League. I hope people will agree with you. We should give up Lamar well, Miller for Zeke. He's been better. Well, uh, duh. Okay, I didn't say that. <laughs> nah, I'm just I kidding. Did. I'm just kidding. Oh, come I'm on. Like, pick somebody that's actually halfway We through. don't have anyone on our team that we could possibly trade for Ezekiel Elliott. It's, it's the worst team anyone has ever drafted. It's horrible. Um, Washington at the Rams. Dave, give me a, give me a takeaway from the Redskins and the Rams. Well, you know about the running back situation, so let's talk about Kirk Cousins and the fact that he just hasn't been able to put up huge numbers, despite almost leading Washington to a win in Week 1 and then coming through with a win in Week 2. I'm still expecting big stats from him, but I also know that you've got to make some considerations for another quarterback if Cousins is who you drafted. Would you rather have Alex Smith? Fryer, I don't know what the hell is going on. I don't know why. <laughs> he, got, he got Jermaine Johnson. He had a tough matchup. Maybe. That's the minute, the minute Johnson got hurt, that's the first throw that Cousins made. Dave, would you rather have Alex Smith or Kirk Cousins? Cousins. Would you rather have Roethlisberger or Cousins? Roethlisberger. Would you rather have nephews or cousins? <laughs> nephews. San Francisco at Seattle, JV. Give me a takeaway. Well, we talked about Chris Carson clearly and, and Carlos Hyde. Those two guys are are great. Um, we kind of covered all of this game. Yeah, I don't know what else there is to say outside right. of you want to just make sure Jimmy Graham is okay. Oakland at the Jets. Finish it off, Jamie. Oakland at the Jets. 45-20, the final score. Uh Disappointing for Marshawn Lynch not to play at the level that we had hoped for. Uh, certainly I had him ranked as my number one running back, number one player in standard leagues. Um, but this is uh good to see that Crabtree didn't go away after Cooper was the guy last week. So you, you'd like to just see both these guys stay fantasy relevant and have kind of the stat lines like they did last week where one guy got you eight, one guy got you ten plus. I don't know exactly what Cooper finished with, but I know it wasn't um three. Uh bad great. So, bad game. Um you know, I I think uh what we'll see is still a very good uh Derek Carr and next week he gets to face Washington. I wonder where Josh Norman goes if he does travel with somebody. Heath, uh do you think Jermaine Curse is worth looking at? He had seven catches for fifty nine yards on nine targets in week one and two touchdowns in week two. Jermaine Curse is one of those guys that's gonna continue to score touchdowns and fantasy points and continue to be like 20 or 30% owned because everybody just vomits in their mouth whenever they think about adding him. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, I don't want to do that, so I guess I just won't add him. Uh, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Fun show. Fun Sunday night. Let's watch the second half of this Packers-Falcons game, and uh, we'll talk to you all on Tuesday. See you later. Bye.